persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades, while the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux. To this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes Way before it gets too late Now one man Best run while you can Hit the street lights running Don't give a damn A simple explanation That you'll never find Sinners never sacrifice We never leave them alone Is it really worth the price? Look at what we've done Never care for compromise Always threatening someone's life And it feels like the end of the world participants eliminated from the competition. The tension rises for those remaining in Jacques Rougeau's wrestling academy. C'est un devoir d'élite, de l'élite, de lutte académie de Jacques Rougeau se diriger vers le sommet de la montagne. It's time, like the Macho Man used to say, the green rises to the top. Oh yeah! Préparez-vous, on demi-finale. Get ready, we're going to the semi-finals. Il y a 19 personnes toujours en lice pour gagner l'un des trois prix de 10 000 There's 19 participants still aiming for one of three prizes of $10,000 et trois mois haut et three months at The Nightmare Factory with QT Marshall, Cody Rhodes and Billy Gunn. Voici la carte des combats du 20 août prochain au Club Soda de Montréal. Here are the matches scheduled for August 20th at Montreal's Club Soda. The King, Brandon Bright, Justice, The Lion Warrior, Bobby Sharp. Combat à trois, triple threat match, The Salsa King, John Gonzalez, versus Jesse Beaver, Justice, Jefferson James. Relentless Riley Rose versus Cat Vaughn Combat 3 contre 3 versus 3 tag match. Stephen Maines, Gabriel Savage, Eric Michael Blue, York Hacken with Sugar Shane Pinto versus Maverick Wheeler, Sean Moore, Clutch Jesse B. Match at 3, triple threat match. AC Spinelli versus Zoe Sager versus Sandro Lee. Michael Richard Blaine versus Chad Daniels. Vous pouvez regarder les quarts de finale sur le www.lutacademy.ca. You can watch the quarterfinals on www.wrestling-academy.ca. Avez-vous vos billets pour la demi-finale au Club Soda? Do you have your tickets for the semi-finals at Club Soda? Trop tard, too late. Mais vous pouvez acheter vos billets pour la finale du 17 septembre sur le site du Club Soda. Mais faites vite. But you can purchase your tickets for the September 17 finals on the Club Soda website. But do act quickly. Welcome to a live edition of This Week in Pro Wrestling. 
And the format's kind of changing because, you know, last week we had Mantor in studio. Yeah. And uh, it's almost coming like the parent show. But now we really have an icon in studio. Oh, yeah. Jacques Rougeau. Jacques Rougeau, thank you for joining us, sir. Hey, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. It's, it's really a pleasure to be back in Long Island, New York. Long Island, New York. I don't know if that's a pleasure, dude. I mean, what? I wouldn't want to be here. <laughs> what? With the Nassau Mausoleum and everything where he used to compete? What do you mean? I mean, the Nassau Coliseum? There you go. Hey. So, Jacques, you recently just had a birthday, so we want to wish you a belated yeah. birthday. Happy birthday to hey. you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'm going to say this to you respectfully. Uh, uh -oh. You know, we kind of just made contact with each other a couple of weeks ago, but I was looking over your Facebook, and I got to tell you, your oh. better half is uh, pretty nice-looking, sir. It's, it's you said, have done well for yourself. She's, uh, she's better half. <laughs> <laughs> it says here, hot tamale. Well, a hot tamale? A hot tamale. Wow. All right. <laughs> All righty. Before we get going, Jacques, I wanted to say something uh, to you. And uh, this is from the heart from both me and my partner. You're an icon in this business from your tag team wrestling with your brother to your great character role as the Mountie and then eventually being on the Quebecers. Um, watching your interviews, I didn't know you personally, but obviously a fan of wrestling and knowing what you've meant for this industry. But watching your interviews, even like Dark Side of the Ring or whatever, you seem like, uh, not seem, you, you are a really good guy. And... I think it's important that we give you your flowers and say, I don't know how you lasted so long in the industry of wrestling being as good of a guy as you are, but kudos to you. And we're hoping that one day you reach the hall of fame because oh, it's well-deserved. Yeah. Well, I uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. And you know, I'm not that of a nice guy to be honest with you guys. I just, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, uh, you know, it's funny that you talk and you bring that up right away like this because it's a subject lately with a lot of people, a lot of podcasts, you know, because there's a lot of uh, people out there that say that I'm not that kind of a guy. And, uh, but, uh, you know, and I go over that subject with a lot of people and I just say, Hey, it's, it's, uh, I want to establish something right off the bat. Uh, you know, in life you have, uh, normal people that are, let's say they're here. And then you have autistic people that are about here, and I should be right here somewhere in the middle. And then, uh, and it's like, so I've always had a hard time in life comprehending some things sometimes the way they were said in the dressing room or, or, and I took everything so personally, like, uh, like, you know, uh, example, uh, my brother Raymond was the smart one. He, he always sat down and he listened and he was, he was, he was, he was the man. And, and I was a little, uh, more like Shawn Michaels, uh, Big mouth and blah, blah. I always want to have fun, but just sometimes getting on the nerves of a lot of guys. But, but what, where, where I, I think I, I picked up a lot of heat there in, in the dressing room over my career is, uh, the things that I took personally. Like, you know, there's factors that people don't know, but, uh, and, and if you listen to, uh, to, I'm thinking this guy here will come back to me anyway. He used to be a manager and the brother love there. What's his name? Uh, Bruce Pritchard. He, he made a one hour uh, podcast on me a couple of weeks back and I wasn't even there. He talked about me for about an hour and, uh, and about the French Canadian people. And then if you have a chance to look at that, you'll see a little bit of the animosity that I picked up in the dressing room uh, because um, I, I hated when the boys uh, used to degrade Canada. And used to degrade uh, Montreal because I, I, I do a lot of empathy today. I understand them because a lot of those days they they'd come to wrestle in Montreal or Canada and and first of all they'd lose forty percent of their money because you know if 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 you make a thousand dollars in the in the states it's worth a thousand dollars if you make a thousand dollars in Canada you go back six hundred dollars so so right then you know I know when the guys got their booking sheet in the dressing room they'd look over the town okay I'm in Vegas I'm in Pittsburgh. Oh no, I'm in goddamn Canada. Like, you know, and it was like, and, and, and plus there was the, the, the problem too of, uh, let's face it, let's tell the truth as it is. 
there was a lot of drugs in those days, whether it was pill or steroids or whatever. So they couldn't cross the border with that. So, so they had to get rid of it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and all these factors also that we spoke French, you know, and, and, and that was, it was hard for them too, like, you know, because they didn't understand what we were saying. And, and a lot of the boys, you know, thought that maybe we were talking against them or, but it was just easier for us to speak French. You're talking about, you know, Bravo, Martel, me and Raymond. And, 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 and every time the boys would, would go ahead and say, I'm going to the goddamn Montreal or I'm going to this. I, I, I would be, I wouldn't be smart enough. I turn around and say, yeah, hey, 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 what about the, the goddamn United States? You know, and, uh, and you know, and I, and I defend my home and that. And I had a, you know, and I, I had a, an easy talk there. I, I wouldn't hold back on nothing, which I should have. So, but the funniest thing now that I realize is, you know, through my wrestling academy that I'm doing now, my, my biggest, the biggest contest on the globe right now. And I have all these guys. If you go on wrestling-academy.ca, You'll see all on, on this website, all the guys that, that, that I used to be with. I'm talking about Undertaker, Brett, Flair, you name them all. They all did a little video for my contest. And, and, I, and, and, and I feel like these guys like me. So, so it, it wasn't the kind of heat that the, I, I was never mean to anybody. I never tried to take anybody's job or nothing. But, you know, I should have learned to be more diplomatic you know when i was younger and uh but it's never too late to, to be a better person so so uh so th so i just wanted to clear that up that uh, i'm happy today i see all the guys in comic cons everywhere and and everybody's pretty much nice to me and and, and i'm more quiet so i have more friends <laughs> there you go well it's, it's funny you brought up canada and the united states obviously you've been to both countries in your opinion what are the pros and cons between canada and the united states again you know, if you don't frequent Canada enough, but you do hear the tales of, oh, they've got, you know, socialized medicine and it's so much better over there. Crime is down. What's the truth, Jacques, in your opinion? I think that uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been around the world and I think that uh, there's no better place than another. I think that uh, we all have we have different things that are good for us and, 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 and you guys in the States have different things that are good for you guys, like the weather. We don't, uh, and, and everybody goes down South. I'm a snowbird now. And, uh, but the crime rates here in, in Montreal is horrible. Really? It's like, uh, the, so wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 so, so, so crime is everywhere. I always think, you know, when a lot of people, they say, uh, Oh, I like this place because the people are nice there. And or, I like this place because the food is good there. And, and, Oh, I like this place because the girls are pretty there. And, and I say to myself, it always depends on who you're hanging around with and what part of town you're hanging around with and where you go. I think that every town has their cachet, has their, their specialties. And, and so it's just a matter of knowing to be at the right place at the right time. And uh, so, 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 so to be honest with you, I uh, maybe a little bit, I would say the, the, the handicap that we have up here in Canada is, is the, when it's cold, it's cold. <laughs> you know? but, uh, but apart from that, I think there's nice people pretty much everywhere. Is Canada as divided as the United States is nowadays? Because we are definitely uh, at each other's throats. Yeah, you know, I think politics is a big, big thing in the state. It's bigger than Canada. Uh, you know, uh, we don't have guys like Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, you don't? Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, yeah. And I think that uh, I think that uh, you know, the, there's things that they say uh, that you can't talk about in the living room. You know, when you're with friends or family, like uh, politics or or religion or or things like that. Uh, I, I, I think here it's it's secondary. You know, I, I don't know how it is. The, the, I, I think the voting in the in the states is so much more like everybody goes to vote pretty much here. There's like I think a sixty percent, fifty percent of the people that vote, and there's forty or fifty that don't even go vote anymore because they figure like vote for one guy or vote for the other guy, you're still going to get the wrong end of the stick anyway. Mm -hmm. So 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 I so I feel like the, they're all working for themselves, and and uh, so 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 uh, I, I'm not a believer in politics anymore. And, but I know in the States, it's, uh, and another thing too, I gotta tell you in the States, uh, um, the, the army and the navy, it's so well respected. Like, you know, you, you are so patriotic in the States. It's incredible. But here, like in Canada, it's more like the song that they did there with, uh, Michael Jackson, Sidney Lauper, We Are the World. Like, you know, it's like, uh, uh there's almost no more identity here. And, and the, the, the French is slowly disappearing in, in, in Quebec. There's more English. And so everybody's now is like bilingual pretty much. 
and there's less i think there's less uh like you know when you go to the uh on the fourth of july in the states you know you have a you have a flag on every lawn and and uh but here now it seems like uh we are kind of losing our, our our identity of uh of like french canadians and stuff like that it's it's not as it used to be so do you, so uh do, I don't you, know. do you think that is because your country is now allowed you know more immigrants into Canada more than before, and now you've just been come infiltrated. I think so. I think I, I think that has to do with that. And there's a lot more nationalities now coming in, and uh, and we have a government that wants to save the world. So so it's like a prime minister wants to save them the world. So it's like uh, the philosophies are different than 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 in the seventies and the sixties and like the, my, the days of my dad and my uncle where. They were so proud to be French Canadian in the language. You know, it was so important. And and uh, and, and now it seems like uh, the world has evolved also as uh, in businesses. Like you know, now you you used to sell. You know, your your company would sell like to the local city around or the province right there where you're at. But now with the, the new uh, internet and the new social medias and everything you're selling, everybody's selling overseas. Everybody's like, uh, uh, so, so it's like, uh, I think that has one of the cause that, that we have. We're losing uh, our identity, I think. So let's put this in a nutshell. You opened your arms and you, you've lost your identity and the crime rate is up. Not a good solution, I don't think, right? I, th I think, but you know what? I don't think I'd do any better. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, today, you know, what uh, what you watch on TV today is uh, is not even comparable to what you watched in my days when I was young. You know, if, in my days, if uh, example, just uh, a sexual content uh, content, like you know, you you'd have a girl take off the part of her brazier and you, and guys would be like, <gasps> yeah, they'd be looking at the, <laughs> at the TV, like, yeah. you know, like, and. Uh, and uh, and today it's like you know uh, it is different today. You know you see much more and you know much more. They they have more drugs on TV. They have more uh, freedom with the, the, the you know, there's, there's, Jacques, there's more I don't, gay. I don't want to interrupt you, but you're like a mind reader. Last night my wife said to me, "There's nothing left to the imagination. Eight year olds know about." everything now lame right transgender Ugh, sex come on organ everything you are so right Ugh. and i'm not saying anything against it it's just that it was against my mentality i was brought up differently and now we have adjusted in time and everybody adjusts in the situation but uh, this is a very delicate subject but i don't mind talking about because it it's reality there's there's a lot a lot of gay scenes on tv now whether either, either for the girls or either for the guys and and and, and i wasn't uh, i wasn't used to seeing that you know now with time i'm getting used to it but uh, but it's so 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 tv and life is so more open now like there's like you said there's nothing left to the imagination there's no more boundaries there's no more rules and 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 so uh so as I'm growing older, you know, I'm I'm saying I'm always saying that. I'm sure my parents said the same thing, like, "Oh boy, I wouldn't start this over." <laughs> you know, I wouldn't yeah, start right. my life over. I don't know how long it's been going on over in Canada, and I don't want to make this worse for you, Jacques. But there are not American flags on every lawn anymore. And you were describing the United States when you were describing Canada's current state. I think we had a head start with you, and you guys are now experiencing what we've already experienced. So America is oh, yeah. really not what it used to be. Um, I'm sorry, but that's really the way it is right now over here. So I think you have the same effect as we have. You know, the the world yeah. is. Uh, I think it's all to blame is like social medias. You yeah. know, like like uh, internet, Facebook, uh, everything mm -hmm. else that happened. Like you know, uh, you, you you know, and, and the news. You know, I remember. When I was young, I used to watch the news and I'd see what was going on in my own province, you know, and my and once in a blue moon, you'd see something in another country. And now it's mm -hmm. different. So, so yeah. I guess it, it, there's some good points in that and that the people are learn faster. They're smarter. And uh, so that may work for us one day. Who knows? One day, hopefully. Well, you mentioned your wrestling academy. Why don't you tell us uh, about your wrestling academy? This is amazing, guys. I gotta tell you guys, uh, this was a dream I had two years ago with my girlfriend, her and me, and uh, there was a, a reality show, actually, it was for singing in Quebec. And, uh, 
and they would bring in like some uh, some amateur singers from pretty much everywhere, and uh, and every week they they would eliminate some the, the the less better ones, you know, and they would keep the better ones, and uh, and at the end the the big winner would uh, would would sing at the the, the Molson Center when twenty twenty thousand people with Celine Dion, and uh, so that was their prize. And, and and one day I was doing during the pandemic I was doing my podcasts with my son. And the Rougeau podcast, and I had all kinds of guests, and I had this girl that was she was the winner of the the, the Star Academy, and there was that singing contest, and so she told start explaining how it went and how it was exciting and this, and the people were voting and stuff like that, and then after the podcast, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, "Wow," I said, "Wouldn't that be fun if we did something like that with wrestling?" You know, like a wrestling academy. So, so I turned around and I started sending invitations through uh, through Canada, and it was the first time that all the provinces have worked together because every province has their own federation. You know, there's small federations. And then uh, so I got everybody on board from, from East Coast to West Coast. And we started doing a wrestling academy, four shows, where at, after, and it's only four shows. So you have the quarterfinals, another quarterfinals, and semifinals, and the finals. And, and I had to think of something to draw them in. So I found some sponsors last year, and we had uh, four sponsors of $5,000, so four winners, uh, uh, three men and one woman, and, and, and to have $5,000 each. And then I, I, I said to myself, we need to give a little more incentive, like, you know, something to draw them in. So, so it just so happened that I, 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 I send out a, a hello to QT Marshall at the Nightmare Factory in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, not knowing that, that – and my idea was, like – I'm going to rent a car with my four winners from Montreal, and it's a 20-hour drive. And I'm going to drive there with a van and bring my four winners. And I asked QT Marshall, I said, would you mind if I take my four winners and I bring them to the Nightmare Factory, and, and you judge them like, for, a, for a whole day? Like you take them in the ring, and then you do interviews with them, and you just tell them, give them like, uh, some advice and stuff like that. And QT Marshall, I, I was surprised. You know, He said, yeah, let's do that. So we started, so last year I started promoting that. And then the, I had like uh, 21 inscriptions from Quebec and only 19 from Canada. <laughs> it was like a, nine provinces gave me 19 <laughs> participants and one province mine gave me 21. So mm. it wasn't like everybody believed in this project. You know, a lot of the people out Western Canada and Eastern Canada were saying, yeah, you think he's going to give us $5,000 and this, and we're going to go spend the day at the nightmare factory. So finally we did the contest last year. And as we were doing it, QT Marshall, you know, I was doing podcasts like this one here, but I was doing them around the world because I have some kind of notoriety and I was doing some in Australia, some in Europe. I was doing some all over the States. And, and I kept talking about wrestling Academy and the nightmare factory. So at one point, I got a call from QT Marshall, and he told me, he says, uh, Jacques, he says, what are you doing? And I, I, and I got scared for a second. I said, I, did I do something wrong? Like, you know, and, and then he says, my, my phone here is like red. He says, people are calling from all over for the Nightmare Factory to see, first of all, is it true that you're working with Jacques Rougeau in Montreal? Because he's using your name, and then is it true that you're going to take the winners to, to spend the day there? And I had lovers that called in, I had haters that called in, everybody who was checking to see if it's true. So, so he told me, he said, uh, he said, Jacques, he says you're talking so much about the Nightmare Factory. He says this is interesting. He says why don't instead of they come in for one day, why don't they come in for one week? Mm. So I said, wow, one week. So I put that on my group chat. All my participants said, hey guys, I got good news. I said, my four winners this year are going to go spend one week at the Nightmare Factory. So they, so they were all excited and stuff. So, so four more months goes by before the competition. And, uh, and QT Marshall, you know, he, he sends me another promo. And because I asked him for an update, because I said, there's a lot of haters trying to destroy this project. I said, can you just reinforce it, please, by saying that my winners are really going to spend a week there? So he says, I'll do that later today. So I, I go on this podcast in Montreal, Nick Podcast, and I, it's a podcast here in Montreal. So, so he sends me the video, and, and my girlfriend's right beside me. So I'm going on this podcast, start wrestling, and I said, hey, I got a, a promo I'd like to show from QT Marshall in Atlanta just to to prove you that this is true, that I spend a week. So he goes like this. He says, well, ladies and gentlemen, up in Montreal, I just want to say you heard it from the horse's mouth that the, the four winners of Jacques Rougeau's Wrestling Academy are going to come and spend three months at the Nightmare Factory. Mm. And I went like, I looked at my girlfriend. I said, did, 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 did you hear this? He said, three months. 
So I couldn't believe it. So I, I freaked out. So then it's almost like we became QT Marshall's pet project in Canada. So, so then, so I put that in the group chat and, and then it started. So then I really had some haters and people saying, <laughs> because I announced it, you know, like, Hey, my winners are going to go three months. And, you know, so, so, so then I put the video on and then it started really growing. And it was so funny because all this happened. And, and, and then when I got to my, my, my last show in August last year, QT Marshall was on the giant screen to come and choose the last four winners and the competition. And, and, and then he said, you know what? He says, I want all you four winners to come to the debut, the AEW in Canada for the first show. And I'm going to get you guys on Dynamite and Rampage too for a gift. Plus two others that I eliminated. So I'm going to get six of you guys on there. So, 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 so this year, when we start actually last fall, when we start taking the inscriptions for this year's contest, Everything has changed because my credibility went from, from nothing to everything. So everybody got paid. Everybody went to the AEW Dynamite Rampage. Everybody went to the QT Marshall Nightmare Factory with Billy Gunn and Cody Rhodes. And then so this year, instead of having 21 inscriptions from Quebec and the 19 from Canada, I had 11 from Quebec and 60 from Canada. So now the show was so much better because all the talent from Vancouver, from Calgary, from Edmonton, from Regina, Saskatoon, from Prince Edward Islands, all the way in the East Coast, they all send in the videos. And QT Marshall told me, says Jacques, he says, uh, listen, this year, he says, I don't want you to choose all the people that's going to be in the contest. He says, I want you when you come back from Florida there, when you're going to Florida, because I'm a snowbird, so in the fall. He says, when you go down to Florida this fall, I want you to stop at the Nightmare Factory. And he says, I want to choose him with you. And he says, apart from that, he says, if you don't mind, he says, uh, I would like next year to be there on the giant screen, not only for the finals, but I want to be there for the quarterfinals and the semifinals and the finals. So he gave me a big, big bonus. So everybody's so excited this year. And as we started this competition, there goes QT Marshall with his heart of gold. And he turns on and he says, why don't we make this interesting? He says, uh, one of the guys that I'm going to eliminate this year, he says, I, I, I'm going to go ahead. We talked me and QT and, and we came up with this idea that he's going to come to Montreal for the finals this year, live here in Montreal. And he's going to wrestle against someone that he eliminated in the semifinals. Oh. And this year, the winners, instead of winning $5,000, they're winning $10,000. So we found more sponsors and stuff like that. So this is a miracle. It's the biggest contest around the globe right now. Imagine guys that go wrestle and ladies that go wrestle for $100 a night, 150 And now they're wrestling after three shows. They're wrestling for ten grand. That's how much I made at WrestleMania 10. <laughs> wow. 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 Jacques, what's with the haters, though? I don't get it. Why would somebody try to stop you from doing something so awesome? I, I'm confused. I, 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 I don't know. You know, to be honest with you, I think, well, you know, there's a... I got to tell you the truth there. You know, there's a, there's a lot of jealousy in, in wrestling and it's a, mm. and everybody wants to have their, their, their name put in the brand and, uh, and there's some, a lot of the guys, they, they, you know, I always said to myself, you don't send a, a plumber to do an electrician job. And you know, there's a lot of plumbers here up in Quebec. You know that <laughs> that that want to become promoters and wrestlers, and then and, and and they 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 just don't like the fact that uh, you know. And, and let's face the truth: uh, for 30 years, I didn't speak with Vince McMahon. I'm still not speaking with him. And and you know, so so they're very strong here in Quebec. So 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 that causes a little bit of conflicts, and then and, and so all that. So so I'm more now AEW, of course, because working with QT Marshall right. and stuff like that. So 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 you have Pepsi and Coke in the same place. So so the ones that want Pepsi to beat Coke, they're going to work hard for that. And uh, and I respect them all. You know, I, I do. I respect everybody who tries to make a living out of this. But I feel like I'm not stealing anything from anybody. I. I I'm in my backyard here. I wrestled for 45 years professionally. So, you know, I, I think this is my place. And, and then I think this year again, you know, it's amazing that I, I can't, I can't stop thinking about, you know, if I was a young pup there and I, and I was starting into business, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's one thing guys you have to understand. I remember when I was real young, my, my dad told me <clears throat> there's two criteria to become a, a great wrestler and to make it in this business. First, you got to be at the right place at the right time. And then you got to know the right people. And, you know, and, and this deal here, I can't get American papers for my, my people in Canada. That's the biggest problem that the Canadian wrestlers have. They can't get working visas. But I could get them now three months at the Nightmare Factory to be seen by QT Marshall, 
Billy Gunn in AEW and Cody Rhodes in WWE. So if they see something they like, if they see something extraordinary out of one of the talents in Canada, then they could go ahead and try to get their papers or do what they have to do. I just got want to put them a, a foot in the door there. And, and that's what I'm doing now. And that's so amazing for me. If, I never had a chance like that when I was young. It was different with small territories. So, so I think this is the greatest opportunity right now on the planet for the Canadian wrestlers. And, and I'm proud to be, uh, putting this together Jacques Rougeau's wrestling academy with my girlfriend who's the who's my my, my rock and all this and uh, so it's it's just amazing it's I'm, I'm reliving again my passion like I was 15 years old again and I'm 63. You, you could see it in your face man you could see it in your face real quick question you 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 mentioned McMahon what was the fallout between you and uh Mr. McMahon? I think you know there's a as I'm growing older, I think there's a little bit of both here that's in, in fault. I I think one thing Vince never understood is uh, us being on the road 25 days a month in a row and not seeing our families and 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 and, and wanting to make it to the top, wanting to get the belts, wanting to get the uh, merchant value that you have as a character. And everybody's fighting for that top spot, and we're all waiting in line to get the belts because I thought that was one of the best ways to and and and. And, and after being there for like, you know, four years with my brother Raymond and never getting the tag belts, which we, we deserved. And we had it one night in Montreal, but they took it away by video the next day and they never yeah. acknowledged it at the WWF. Boom. And then, and, and, yeah. and, and then, and then, and then working at the end, becoming the intercontinental title for two days. Hey, it's not bad. Two days. <laughs> you know, it's okay. I, I, I still think it was awesome because when people come to Comic Cons, they see, they always have a doll with me with the belt around the intercontinental belt. I, I look at that and I said, man, I'm the shortest lived intercontinental title uh, holder. But anyway, that's fun. But then, but then as the years progress, I came back as a Quebecers with Carl. You know, you want to, and, and, and we were lucky. We took the belts right off the bat off the Steiners the first night in Manhattan at uh, Monday Night Raw uh, as we came in as a team. But you become more, you want more faster. You, I paid my dues. And, and you want to have a top spot. You, you want to stay in the top spot. And uh, and, and then there, there was a time there, like, like for, for so many months, Carl and I, we were... Uh, we were we were getting beat night after night by middle teams, by underdog teams, and and then, but they kept telling us and they kept telling me, don't worry, Jacques, because at WrestleMania 10, you guys are against the moms, men on a mission, mm-hmm. and you guys are going to beat them right in the middle, and, and you're going to get all your credibility back. And we were going to Toronto, going to Montreal, and getting pinned in our own towns, like you know, getting beat. But they kept telling us, Pat Patterson kept telling us, don't worry, Jacques, you're going to get all your credibility back at WrestleMania 10. And and, and, and when we got there, I, I, I think that the fact that they had us hanging on there because we were working so hard and, and we were waiting for that moment. And then when we got there, then a couple hours before the show, Pat came to see me and told me, like, hey, uh, listen, Jacques, uh, Vince was thinking there that, you know, if we beat the moms tonight, uh, what are they going to do? You know, what are they going to do with them? And I looked at Pat and I said, well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, I said, yeah. I said yeah. for five months, you've been telling us that this is our night and this is where we're building, getting all our credibility back. And, and now you want to change it? Like, you know, and, and that was such an insult. And I never had a, I, I never knew how to dealt to deal with that. Yeah. That was my fault. I, I was immature probably. And so, so I had this, this grudge inside of me. Like, you know, I felt like I was used. And I felt, and, and all the good things that we that he did for me, because he did plenty of good things for me, they they seemed to all disappear, because it was a hard time those times. And 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 uh, so so after that, then I just got my retirement match and did a, finished my bookings with him, and 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 I finished off, and and we went, I went to WCW, and then came back one time, and it, but it never came back. Even when he came back for that short period of time, it it was Jim Ross that was there and he, Vince was barely talking and then he was probably upset that I went to WCW and that's okay. But I was upset at him. He was upset at me and, and things go on. I, I, I think this is a, it's a cruel world, the business, it, but it just, uh, I don't think that Vince will ever understand uh, how it is to be on the road 25 days a month with the boys that are, are sometimes a little uh, loud and obnoxious and, 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 
different and uh, in their own characters and their own gears and their and in their own state of mind and, and trying to stay calm like you know because you see them at the airport all day you see them in the gym you see them at the hotel you see them at the restaurant you see them in the arena you're married to these guys you know day after day so it becomes hard and and and, and then when so so i lost a little bit of probably a little uh self-control myself too a lot of patience and stuff like that i think it's a mix of everything together you know if i had to start over some things you know maybe i maybe i would you know who knows uh, how it is I'm, I'm a little bit more mature today but um but but that's what happened really for me that was the falling out and and uh so 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 you know i i, I honestly think also i honestly think uh, that uh if you're, if I'm being honest with you, you know, after spending like uh, from from 80, 85 that I signed with them all the way to to, to 90, 94 or 95, I spent 10 years there approximately in WWF, WWE, and uh, and I think that everything that I've accomplished with my brother Raymond, uh, with Carl, and and just me as a Mountie, thinking the jailhouse match and everything that that we did, uh, I, I think that that that. The Rougeau name deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and, 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 and I'm holding it against him because I he created these years. I was there when the we did marathon match with the Rockers, you know, like one hour matches. So I, I did one in Nassau Coliseum, as a matter of fact, and, and and when we did matches, you know, like against the the Hart Foundations, you know, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart were so they became so over at a certain point. But the, I always say to myself, you know, to, to create Batman, you need a good Joker. You know, in a movie, and, yep. and 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 we were the good Joker all the time. You know, and the, but but they, I think of guys like uh, Steve Lombardi, uh, you know, and Jim Powers, and, and and there's a lot of guys that are not recognized that came in weekly, weekly, and and, and on TV to put us guys over us. But we could have never danced without them. It takes two to dance, and and I think I also think that everybody that was on that WrestleMania three card in front of ninety four or ninety three thousand people should be in the Hall of Fame. Because you know it's it's amazing the talent that was there, but but all these sacrifices that we did and made, and, and especially that you know we're four generations of wrestlers, the Rougeau family. I think of the the, the Von Erichs, the Harts, and the Fullers, you know the Welches, you know man, it's like there's so many families that that were. Oh no! Did we lose them? The Mountie has been frozen. And then and the dancers and whoever he puts in there when he wants and. It's okay, and and because politically it's better for him to do so, but I'm told everywhere I go, every everywhere I go, Jacques, when are you going to be in the Hall of Fame? Jacques, when are you going to be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> and I yeah. say probably yeah. when, I, when I go kiss Vince's ass, I'll, I'll probably be in there. But, uh, but Jacques, anyway, you, I won't be in there pretty soon. <laughs> do you think it's today's wrestling fan also that's the problem? So, for example. Okay, me and Jimmy are just fans, right? But we recognize the talents of a Johnny Rods, uh, yeah. you know, a big Ron Shaw. Yeah. I'm, I'm naming names, whatever. Today's wrestling fan seems not to give that respect for those Steve Lombardi's <laughs> and the, the names that you had, had just spouted off. I think it's a matter of perspective. You know, I think that uh, there were so many great talents. You know, I, I'm even thinking of the Killer Bees. I'm thinking of the Rockers, Marty Jannetty, you know. Mm. Man, you know, these guys, we rocked the boat. You know, we'd go, well, there, there's so many matches that we had and so many times. Another thing that that, that hurts me personally is that, that that we were on, many times you we were on the, on the card, there was an A-Town, B-Town, and C-Town. And many times we were with the A-Town, uh, with Hulk on the main event, and we were so happy. And, uh, and of course, like, you know, there was like eight matches and, uh, but, but, but believe it or not, that, that we'd get to the arena there and, and, and on, and on fourth match, Hulk would come out many times. And, and, and the last match of the evening would be the Rougeos and the Hart Foundation, you know, they, they'd put us on last. And, and, and many times in many arenas, we finished last. Because we had such great matches, we had people on their feet, and 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 you know, so so just all those things that that they did, you know, and that that I that I was put in positions that I I think I fulfilled. I I honestly do. I um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say except maybe one day. I know that uh, Hulk did a nice video last year, last fall. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I saw the video where Hulk says, "I got a good feeling the Rougeos are going to be in the Hall of Fame." I you know, I, and, uh, I honestly really think it's coming. Um, you just brought up some of your iconic matches with the Rockers. Quick question for you: At the time you were working with them, we've had Marty in studio many times. 
Who was the better wrestler in your mind at that point, Janetti or Michaels? Two great wrestlers. One, one, one. Uh, it's a little bit like Raymond and I. You know, like uh, Raymond and I. You know, we can't compare who was the best. We were just complementary to each other. You know, like Shawn Michaels, charismatic. You know, the, the really good-looking guy. You know, the girls really uh, high-flying backflips off the top rope and stuff. And Marty, what a ground wrestler, like my brother Raymond. You know, you you know, you you can have the best house on the hill, the most beautiful house on the hill, but if you don't have a good foundation. You, you don't have a good house. It's going to fall apart. And, and so Marty, for me, was such a, a pleasure to work with him, too. Like, you know, night after night, working, going around the world with these guys and having 20, 25-minute matches, 30-minute matches, marathon matches for an hour. And we did a whole week of marathon matches. And even one day, we were in Europe, and there's six hours different. So we had a marathon match in the afternoon at 1 o'clock. We took a six-hour flight, and we had a 7 o'clock in Philadelphia, another marathon match, another hour match. Two in one day. <clears throat> you could only do that with great, great, great workers. And, and, and so, so if you ask me who was the best wrestler between the both, they were both ex extraordinary. It's a choice between Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, I guess, as far as their mat ability. All right. How about, let me see here. I wanted to take a look at something that I was looking at before. You mentioned your brother. Now, your brother is a mayor as we spoke about before <laughs> the show came on. Could you could you tell us how this comes about, and did you even have a clue that he was going to turn out being a mayor? Well, you know, Raymond's been in politics, I think, for 20 years. He was a uh, – who do you call the people that come at the, at the, the, the municipal meeting there that support the mayor? Like there's six, seven of them. That's like the, and, and, and Raymond was one of those, or a conseiller that we say in French. But, uh, you know, so, so, so he worked with the old mayors for like – 20 years, I think, and uh, but always there just a second. Raymond's such a smart person. He's he's financial. He's so wealthy, you know, and he always, you know, he's so smart in business. He's a, he, he was really well drilled by my dad and my uncle. You know, he was a listener, a learner, and he did all that, a great wrestler. And, and then one day, I don't know, it just, I guess, I guess it's probably the people that he worked with in, in the town that he lived that probably said, because he's so well organized. And, 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 you know, so they probably told him, like, hey, maybe you should be mayor. And, uh, and, and, and it just so happened. And I, and I thought it was funny, you know, because I thought of Jesse the Body Ventura and I, <laughs> I thought a couple of people like that. I never pictured my brother to be a mayor, but, but, uh, but he's doing such a great job. It's like, like, it's incredible how he has, uh, the visibility he has, like, a, you know, there's a catastrophe or something in, in our little town, like in a little town of, I don't know, I, I'm going to say a crazy number here, like 10,000 people, and the province is like 9 million people. But in that little 10,000 people, if there's a little flood or something, you know, uh, there's flood everywhere in Quebec, but in, they're going to come to see Raymond because he speaks so well and he has such a nice French and he, he's so educated, well-educated. So, so and, and everybody loves Raymond. You know, it's funny. So, so, so. Of course, he's got a couple of haters, I'm sure. But, uh, but he's a rougeau. But anyway, everybody but, but I'll have to say, everybody loves Raymond. If you go on podcasts, you hear podcasts of the wrestlers. They, they all speak so highly of Raymond. You know, he was so smart. Uh, you know, I remember this is funny because I remember a lot of times, you know, we weren't happy or something. You know, and and then I tell Raymond, you know, driving down the car or something, I said, I'm, I can't take this anymore. I'm, I'm going to go see Vince. And and Raymond looked at me and says, oh, Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. If, if there was something there, we had to move around there or, or, or shake up a bit. There. Go ahead. And, and he was a smart one, you know. And uh, so, so, but he was. But, but, but. Uh, I laughed today because you know it's 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 funny. Life, life is life. But Raymond, I I'm so proud of him. I really am. And uh, and it's so funny because on the last show, on the fourth of June of the uh, quarterfinals. QT Marshall was going to Mexico because the AEW were opening Mexico that night, so he couldn't be in the giant screen. So, so I asked my brother Raymond to be the judge, you know, on the giant screen, you know, and that was just so awesome. We hadn't worked together in 20 years on a wrestling show, Raymond and I. So I'm doing the commentaries with a couple of guys, the winner of last year, Jeremy Prophet, and another guy, Michel Manette. And then we'd give our commentaries after each match, and then the, the matches, they stand up and they look at the screen, and here comes the big giant screen, and there my brother Raymond appears, and, and he surprised me so much. Because, you know, I, I put him there as a judge, a replacement judge, and, and now I don't want to kick QT Marshall out because I get the three months at the Nightmare Factory, but Raymond was so good. 
because he's such a good basic wrestler and and he's so smart so so he had the way of to to make every wrestler feel great and having a hard decision to make and it was and everybody in the fans and everybody were looking at the screen like waiting to see his decision because he had so many compliments to give to each and it was amazing working with Raymond wow. again. You got your start off uh, in uh, Stu Hart's organization. I kind of want to run it this way. Um, we had the opportunity to bring in Teddy Hart years ago, and I had heard some bad things, obviously, and then most recently I watched that documentary on him. What are your thoughts on Teddy Hart? Did you run into him at all during your career, and did you know anything about him? Guys, I'm going to disappoint you so much, guys. Uh, but so get ready, guys. I'm really going to disappoint it's you. It's okay. Guys. Go ahead. Uh, when I when I had my falling out with Vince McMahon uh, 30 years ago, I was so upset with with wrestling with WWE that I that, that I turned my TV off, and I never watched a wrestling show. I never followed a wrestling organization. I don't know any of the talent in the last 30 years. I know Kevin Owens because I'm the one who taught him how to wrestle for four years when he came oh. to my school at 14 years old. Thank and you I know that. that uh, and I know Thank John you. Cena because of nice. the movies. And uh, okay. I know uh, a couple of guys that you hear names of. But uh, but I, I haven't followed wrestling. I, and the only wrestling that I followed in the last year or so, maybe once or twice, was AEW just because, you know, my students were wrestling on the show. Now I'm starting slowly to get back in AEW because of the partnership I have with QT Marshall and them. So I'm starting to get back. So so when people talk to me about, you know, uh, CM Punk uh, that, that, that people are talking about, or or I didn't even know until up to last year that the Smoking Guns uh, had had their sons working in there, you know, and uh, and so so I'm so ignorant in wrestling, you know, it's 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 a shame. But the good thing about it is I had my own promotion for 20 years. And, and the reason why I did that also is I didn't want to watch TV and I didn't want to copy what they were doing. I wanted to be original in my, my, my company. So I didn't want to have their ideas. I don't want to take their ideas. And every time I watch a TV, I could see in my own mind, I could see Vince McMahon again. So I didn't want to see it. So, so it was like a, a, a personal animosity I had towards the Federation, towards wrestling in general for what I'd been there and what I'd done and, and what was left out of it. And, and so when people talk to me today about wrestling, I'm almost so embarrassed because, you know, I, I, I'm 45 years in the business and now in the last 20, 30 years, I, I don't know the talents, you know. So sometimes I go to Comic-Cons. It's so funny because, you know, I do about 10 a year there. I went to Europe. I went, I'm going a little bit everywhere. I'm going to Nashville next week. And I, and I sit down and I see all these people in line in front of this guy that I've never seen before, you know. And I said, hey, I always ask, hey, that guy's popular. Who is he? You know, oh, that's well, uh, TM Punk. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's funny, you know. So I'm uh, so that's where I'm at, guys. So please don't don't go with the, too much the intellectual. No, no, not at all. About the talent there. <laughs> not at all. So how'd you like the Attitude Era? Oh, you missed it. Never mind. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I know The Rock. There you, you know, go. Rock, but he was more V at the time. There you go. <laughs> you mentioned, but, uh, uh, obviously, we're talking about the hearts. So let's uh, talk about when you did win the Intercontinental title, which I was so thrilled. Bret Hart bores me to tears. Thank you, Mountie. Anyway, <laughs> only two days you hold it, and they did it under the guise that, well, Bret had the flu. Does that? How did that make you feel? And couldn't they find some other better way to put you over? What is that? You know, to be honest with you, I, when I look back at it, you know, it's I, I appreciate that Vince, you know, took me to make the title change because sure. now, you know, like I said, everywhere I go, people look at me and it's funny because I'm the worst. But everybody looks at me and say, oh, man, you're the greatest intercontinental champion of all times. <laughs> you know, and I have a lot of my yeah. fans that say that. Those 48 hours I, were killer. <laughs> and I say, I hope you didn't blink your eyes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so so it's like, uh, but taking it from Brett, you know, uh, it, it was. It, it, I was so happy when they announced it to me, but then I was so disappointed when he went into the ring and he said he had a hundred four degree fever, and that the doctor told him that he shouldn't wrestle, and, and that that he's going to wrestle anyway. So so I guess I, I beat a sick man. So so, uh, so but it's okay. But 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 that's the way it was. At least I got to tell you guys this story real fast. What was fun about it is I, is when I had the belt that night. It was about eleven o'clock. I got back in the dressing room and I called this 
reporter in Montreal, a friend of mine, he's about like uh, 60 years old, you know, he goes to bed at uh, 8 o'clock, 7 at night, <laughs> and so I called him up and I said, uh, uh, I told him, I said, hey, listen, I said, uh, would you mind, I said, I'm going to send you a picture today, uh, to Audrey Rousseau was his name, I said, Audrey, I said, do you mind if I... He says, he says, yeah, it's nine, it's like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. I'm sleeping. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, he says, call me, not tomorrow. I'm doing hockey. I'm doing oh, this. No. I said, no, 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 no. He says, call me in a couple of days. He said, no, 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 I can't. I can't. I said, you have to put the picture in tomorrow now, or the yeah. next day because I knew that I was going to lose it. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so, but, but it was fun because they put the picture. They did the nice thing in the Montreal paper for me, winning the intercontinental title. And then, you know, I, I, it was funny because I loved Rowdy Piper. I, I really loved the guy. He was such a nice guy in the dressing room, such a nice guy. And, and he came up to me, you know, and, and, and I told him, I said, uh, I said, I have an idea. I said, would you mind if uh, I'd like to suggest something? He says, go ahead, brother, go ahead. And then, and then, and he was taking the title from me. And, and I said, uh, and anyway, I said, listen, I said, uh, I'd like for you to wear this, this vest under your shirt that says, uh, anti-shock on it, you know? So, so I'll do a finish there where I shock you with the stick. And, you know, and then you take the bump and I turn around and I go, ah, and then I turn back around and, and, and he's right back in my face and boom and bing and bang. And, 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 and uh, but people really like that anti-shock shirt thing, you know, and, and, but he went right with it. And, and, and that was fun for me, uh, uh, because, uh, so I really, the only thing I didn't like working with Rowdy was, Jesus, he was so in shape. Like, you know, he was, he, he'd never stop, you know, like you couldn't keep him down. You know, he wasn't the kind of heel that I get heat like on the boss man or, or heat on the rockers or the hearts where you got him down and, and you have time to acknowledge the people and get your heat, you know, and I had right. a lot of communication with the fans right. when I was, when I, but we're rowdy, you better get to your business and do your business fast because he's going to stop you and he's going to take over. And then, so, so that was the only thing I didn't like, I, I liked a little less working with rowdy, but, but that's why he was so hot and that's why he was uh, such a character, you know. How was Roddy as a as a person to other people in the locker room and Roddy in general? Can you describe Roddy Piper the human being? R Rowdy was Rowdy was a uh, a special kind of guy. Rowdy was a guy who uh, Rowdy was a guy who uh, I would say he was always nice to everybody. Always, always nice to everybody. He would uh, he would uh, he would talk to everybody. And he not only what he would talk to everybody, but he would uh, he would talk about your family. You know, he would ask you about the things that were bringing you back to real life, you know. And he was a, he was a really nice guy. I, I, I love that guy a lot. I don't think you should be too surprised at the fact to this day the Intercontinental title win means so much to the people who tell you how much it means to them because you won the title when it actually counted for something. It's almost like when you Stan Stasiak held the belt for nine days in the early 70s, but the title counted. So I, th I think that's why people still adore you to this day. It's funny. It's funny that you say that because, you know, I don't understand quite when people say that. But a lot of people tell me that they say, and it's the same line you just told me, Pharaoh. It's like, you know, and, and it's funny because you won the belt for such a short time, but it meant something at the yep. time. And I yep. don't think I understand what people when they say that, you know, it's like, uh, well, it, what, but, what has happened over the years is unfortunately now they're bringing it back to some prestige currently, but in the decades since you left, the intercontinental title started to become very, very meaningless. It was passed around what, constantly. What do, you mean by, what do you mean by meaningless? Well, the card started to concentrate on other aspects of the show, and the title itself became diminished slowly. Uh, it, it's hard to explain unless you witnessed it over the years, but it also happened to other titles. Basically... But a lot of people say what you said there, and yeah. I... Uh, and I don't, I don't quite understand, but, but I guess you have some point there. You got a point that's right because, like I said, you know, the people come to see me for signatures and, and Comic Cons and stuff like that. And, and I, everything I have the title on, on the pictures, everybody come to see me. And, and if you don't mind, I'd like to take a second here, guys, to, to talk about somebody very special for me. Sure. Very special to me. Uh, Jimmy Hart. Uh, I, I want to talk to you about Jimmy Hart because, you know, Jimmy Hart was my manager with Raymond when we turned heels and we moved to Memphis and we were the fabulous Rougeau brothers. But, uh, and then when I came back as a Mountie, uh, I asked two things with Vince. I said, I want just two things. I said, I want to have Jimmy Hart as my manager and I want to bring in a shock stick. And, uh, <clears throat> and he gave them to me both. And, but Jimmy Hart to me today, 
that's only my opinion, is the best manager of all times. And let me tell you why. Uh, I've seen a lot of managers, but, but Jimmy Hart, he would buy some suits that would suit your suit and your costume. Jimmy Hart would make your music. Mm. Jimmy Hart was the guy who never went out in nightclubs. He was always one hour early before on time he was supposed to be. Jimmy Hart was so reliable, always looking out for his guy on a personal matter. Like, you know, Jacques, it's better if you do this. It's better if you don't do that. It's better if you do this. And, 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 and Jimmy Hart was the only manager that I know, the only one. The whole time I had him as a manager, I had him like for, for almost three years as a manager. And he was the only guy that would come on TV, the only one who wouldn't say, oh, let me tell you something. I got something here in my mind. I'm thinking, you know what? I know this. And I, Jimmy Hart would come in. He would never, never take anything on him. It was always on his protégés. He'd come in there and he'd say, hey, let me tell you something. My man right here, you know, he's the best. And my man right here is... It was always talking about his man, never about himself. And we, as characters, felt so important when Jimmy Hart would get on an interview with us because he'd build us up to be so special. So, so to me, Jimmy Hart was to, up till today is the greatest manager of all times. Hard to argue that. Shock one last time. Where can the fans see your wrestling academy? Uh, to give them all the information so they could sign on and get involved. Well, thank you so much. I, and, and if you go on wrestling-academy.ca, you could now see the two first quarterfinals event that was on the 7th of May and 4th of June. And now on the 20th of August, it's the semifinals. We're down to the little bunch now. And then on the 17th of September, something really special is happening, guys. I got to tell you this. This is amazing. Like, like I said before, uh, on the semifinals on the 20th of August, QT Marshall is going to eliminate the last crew before he chooses on the 17th of September. But on the 20th of August, he's going to eliminate maybe 10 guys and then three girls. And, and on that day, he's going to choose one of the guys that he's going to come back in Montreal for the finals and wrestle against him as a consolation prize. But just two days ago, QT Marshall gave me another gift. I don't know if you guys know a girl called Ashley Dabois. You know, she's for, for a Ring of Honor now. She and, and, and she's AEW. And she, QT Marshall trained her. So she just signed up with us that on the 17th of September at the finals, the same day QT Marshall comes to wrestle one of the consolation prize, the guys, she's going to come to Montreal and wrestle one of the girls that were eliminated on the 7th, on the 20th of August. So she'll come on the 17th of September also to wrestle. And, and so if you go on my Facebook, that's the best place to go. You know, to be honest with you, I write every day. Uh, as a matter of fact, my girlfriend says, stop writing. But anyway, I, I put all kinds of stuff every day. So if you go see Jacques Rougeau, you'll see a picture of my, me and my girlfriend. And you see everything. I talk about the matches, the pictures, the talent that is so amazing this year. And, and if you want to go and see all the talent itself, go on wrestling-academy.ca. You could click on every picture and you'll have a little 15-second promo plus their best moves for 15 seconds. And then if you want to go up a little lower down on, on, this, on, the, on, my, uh, on that uh, website, You'll see all your old timers, your favorites there. Double J, Jeff Jarrett, you know them. You'll see them all. They're all there, and they all say a good word for Wrestling Academy for the participants. They encourage them. So it's really a nice place to go spend like an hour or half hour of your time. Wrestling-academy.ca. Keep watching us. And, and like you said, the 20th of, uh, of August is my next show. And it takes me about four or five days after the show to put it on the website. So around the 25th of August, something like that, you'll see the semifinals results. And then on the 17th of September, it'll be the finals. So then around the 22nd of September, you'll see the whole schmoz, the whole winners, the 10,000 prizes that are given live by the, the sponsors that are so amazing. And, and I'm very, very excited. And so thank you guys very much for giving me this visibility today. Well, if you don't mind, we're going to start running your commercial on our show as long as you're not going to sue us over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's, wow, that's, that's very kind. That's very kind of you. Very uh, kind. We want to thank you for joining us on This Week in Wrestling. I want to remind everybody we go on at 9 o'clock with the wife of Wahoo McDaniel. Yes, sir. Karen McDaniel. Yes, sir. So much to talk to you about, Jacques. You're a great guy. Thank you so much. Um, one last thing. I want to hit you with something called the Pharaoh's Final Question. Ooh. This is where Jimmy does something unscripted. He oh, may no. ask you if you like chicken or beef. What? You know, 
McDonald's or Wendy's, I don't know, but Jimmy? All right. Okay, Jacques, you're sitting at home, you're watching the NHL Network, watching classic Quebec Nordique games. The phone (laughs) rings. It's Vince McMahon, but he wants you to initiate the conversation. What do you say to Vince? I say to Vince, like, we had so many great memories together. Uh, let bygones be bygones and and show some good faith there and put me in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. You're in. <laughs> John, thank you again. I Have a blessed weekend, and thank you. You're quite the gentleman. Hey, Monty, remember one thing. I am the Monty. <laughs> <laughs> that you are, sir. <laughs> Mountie and the Pharaoh? I'm confused. Jimmy Thank you, Jacques. Thank you, Thank you, very, Thank you much. very much. You've been watching This Week in Wrestling with Monty, the Mountie, and the Pharaoh. And until next week in wrestling, later.